it's one thing to be physically fit. You can, you're able to do 100 or 200 push-ups at a time, but it's another thing to be mentally, uh, mentally fit and be mentally stable and be mentally ready for what's coming. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's seen the change. I honestly, I, I, I could honestly say like, I absolutely love what I do in regards to training. Like I said, you could see that change in folks from beginning to end. listening to the Black and Blue Podcast, a discussion and celebration of the roles of African Americans and other minorities in U.S. law enforcement. Your host on the Black and Blue Podcast is Dale Peters, a law enforcement professional with over 20 years experience in the business. Hop on board this Black and Blue train of interviews, current events, and pop culture conversations. So get ready. The Black and Blue Podcast is coming at you right now. Hey, Black and Blue fan, welcome to the latest and greatest edition of the Black and Blue Podcast, where we celebrate diversity in U.S. law enforcement. My name is Dale, and I'm the host. Thank you for joining me here today. And before we get started, I want to ask you guys, please click those like, subscribe, and bell icons right down here on my YouTube channel. It really helps me out a lot on those YouTube algorithms. And if you listen to me on your favorite podcast platform of choice, make sure you rate the Black and Blue Podcast five stars. And last but certainly not least, make sure you check me out on any one of my social media pages for even more content. You can find me everywhere at Black and Blue US. All right, so I'm sure you guys figured out that I'm not in the four walls of my home studio right now. Now today, I'm at the grounds of the Riverside County Sheriff's, uh, Sheriff's Academy out here in the beautiful city of Riverside, California. And I got a very special guest that's gonna kinda talk about his career and what kinda goes on here at the Riverside Sheriff's Academy. So everybody, Black and Blue fam, let's welcome to the show Riverside County Sheriff's Correctional uh, Corporal Alvin Johnson. What's going on, brother? How you feeling today? Great, great. Good, good. Good to see you, man. So how's everything going? How, how's, how's your day uh, shaping out out here? Uh, good so far. Excellent. Monday yep. start of the week. I'm feeling good. All right, all right. So uh, you are, we're out here at the Riverside Sheriff's Academy, yeah. and you are a correctional corporal. Yes. Kind of tell everybody a little bit about what the correctional corporal is and what you kind of do here. Um, correctional corporal, um, currently, um, that's, I'm assigned to the Ben Clark Training Center. Okay. And uh, so I'm, of course, with the Riverside County Sheriff's Department uh, Corrections Division. Um, I started uh, with the Riverside County Sheriff's Department in 2007, uh, promoted to correctional corporal in 2014. Um, like I said, I'm currently assigned to the Ben Clark Training Center. and. Um, right now specific to the unit that I'm assigned to is the, de the defensive tactics unit. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so you're one of those uh, uh, yeah. uh, guys. All yeah. right. Okay. All right. So, so what's your, your technique of choice? Are you a jiu-jitsu uh, guy? No, actually, you know, a lot of my partners, they do jiu-jitsu, Krav Maga, and it's, you know, they're all over the place with their stuff. Mm -hmm. But a lot of the stuff that I specifically uh, will teach is a lot of actually handcuffing, uh, some of the uh, control holds, takedowns, stuff like that. So nothing too special in regards to ground and fighting. Right, right. But I am a part of it, though. Okay. You know, I always trip out because uh, you hear the old Mike Tyson saying, everyone's got a plan until they get punched in the yes, mouth. Yes, that is the truth. So, you know, a lot of people don't, don't realize until they get to the academy, and, and that's the reason why you guys do all that, yeah. right, to kind of show them that, you know, when you get hit in the mouth, don't give up. Yeah. Right? So, Absolutely. Yeah. So how long you been doing that? Um, was it defensive tactics? Or, yeah. Um, been a part of this unit uh, for two years now. Okay. So, but just like you said, a lot of that, um, a lot of folks do show up. Um, they are brand new. 
they may lack the you know mental toughness and physical toughness, but in this academy, I will say we do absolutely ins you know instill that into them. Okay. Because you know, a lot of folks, you know, that is that is the mindset. Sometimes you show up, you don't know what to expect, and right. if you've never been involved in any kind of altercation and stuff like that, and uh, we train them to get there and you know get through it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So um, behind you, we got some some dummies there. Yeah. Um, some we call them bobs. I don't know if you guys call them bobs. Bobs. Yeah. Call yeah. them the same yeah. thing. Kind of tell people uh, what those things are if you, you want to look behind you real quick. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. We utilize those bobs for um, a lot of our personal body weapon training mm -hmm. and a lot of our baton training. So the recruits are, you know, even the in-service staff who show up and they need to get their mandated training, whether it be for the year or every other year, like I said, or even if they're in the academy. Um, they utilize those bobs to practice punches, kicks, knees, yeah. uh, elbow strikes, all kinds of stuff. We also do, do use uh, pads and stuff like that. But those are great for batons, like I said, also. Okay. So. All right. So you mentioned you've been with the Sheriff's Department since 07? Yes. Man, you've been here a long time. Oh, no. <laughs> All right, what, what brought you to, the, uh, to this department and law enforcement in general? Um, actually, um, so kind of started out, I worked for um, the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department as a okay. custody assistant. I started uh -huh. there in 2006. Uh, so basically a custody assistant was working corrections. So somewhat, somewhat similar to what I do currently do now. Um, I did a, made a lateral transfer in 2007, so I only worked at LA County for a year. I worked at Twin Towers. Um, I came out here in 2007, November of 2007, um, started out the Indio jail, but just what made me come out here is mainly my family moved. So my, it actually was my in-laws who ended up moving first. They ended up moving to Indio, uh, California, which is located about 20, I would say about 20 minutes east of Palm Springs. Mm -hmm. So I just ended up following them through and coming out there. So Okay. Yeah. So you're not from the area? No, no. Originally born and raised in Bellflower. Bellflower. Yeah. Okay, Born I know that. I know that area well. Yeah. Okay. All right. So you know, your bringing your your upbringing was you know out there in Bellflower, yeah. and you know, I, I kind of know that area. It's kind of yeah. middle class, kind of yeah. lower uh, lower middle class, yeah. upper middle class kind of area. Yeah. Um, what, what brought you into law enforcement? What, what made you want to think about? Made me come actually. So it's one of those things. Um, I always say my story is a little bit interesting in the sense that, you know, it wasn't necessarily, hey, you know, there's something I always want to do right. as a kid, starting off at five or six years old. Um, it was one of the, it was an instance where, you know, I'm starting to recognize I graduated high school. Hey, what am I going to do now? Okay. You know, it's kind of like, what am I going to do now? So I'm looking at different things. And at the time, I'm trying to wonder, is college for me? And, you know, so you start to, you see different law enforcement commercials and stuff like that. You're hearing different um, commercials on the radio and stuff like that. And I said, yeah. you know, hey, let me, let me give this a try. Because, you know, even at the time I recognized, even at 18 years old, it was, um, I just didn't want to get a quick job. I was like, you know, I was told by my parents, you know, if you could start your career early, mm -hmm. do so. Mm -hmm. And so I had that mindset, that was my mindset. And so I just kind of picked up a flyer from the Bellflower substation. And I said, you know what? I said, let me give this a try. Right. And that right. was all she wrote. It just went from so, there. So nobody kind of gave you any, any flack for? It wasn't so much, you know, yeah. No, I, I never got flack from anybody in regards to joining. Um, I will say this, the, the folks that I graduated with or the friends of mine at the time, it wasn't, you know, folks weren't joining law enforcement, I'll say yeah. that. Um, yeah. So um, I was one of the few that did. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, and then what, what kind of attracted you to, you know, Riverside County Sheriff's as opposed to, you know, any other agency out this way? You know, I, so I saw, I went online, this is, I remember going online and looking at their corrections division. Mm -hmm. um, and immediately I recognized they had rank in their correctional division. So their correction, their correctional division, their corrections division, our corrections uh, division, uh, there was a lot to offer, you know, and that mm -hmm. was 
you know, if you're thinking about a career aspect, your career, if I plan on doing this for 30 years, that, that's something huge. Yeah. You know, yeah. somewhere where you could promote, you can do different things, there's different assignments. And so I said, you know what, hey, like I said, my in-laws had moved to India at the time. Um, I was young at the time, and I remember looking to, trying to buy a house out in uh, L.A. County, in which mm -hmm. I absolutely could not afford. Yeah. And so at the at. time, Indio was affordable, so I said, you know, let me give this a try. Let me give this a shot. And that was one of those things where I, I noticed with the corrections division here, like I said, just looking it up, speaking to different folks who had moved or who already made the, the transfer, and they just said, there's a lot to offer out here. Right. And so I said, you know what, I'm going to take advantage of this. Yeah. Give it a shot. Okay. And we kind of... we. Didn't even talk about what a correctional deputy does out here for yeah. uh, Riverside County. Yeah, uh, we have five corrections facilities um, located in our department. In our department, um, so basically, a correctional deputy. You know, of course, you're assigned to the corrections division. You're assigned to one of those correctional facilities. Um, the corrections division. Um, you're basically maintaining security, uh, safety, and security of the facility. You're, um, of course, watching inmates. You know. Um, <clears throat> whether it be male or female, depending on the, you know, where you're at and stuff like that, what you're assigned to. That can be from, you're in charge of making sure they get transports where they need to go, making sure they get to court, making sure these inmates, uh, inmates are getting fed, uh, making sure that we're doing uh, security checks, making sure everybody's alive, everybody's mm -hmm. well, right. everybody has what they need, um, and, you know, stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. And so they come to this academy to, for training? Yes, the Corrections, okay. uh, Correctional Deputy Academy is a 12-week academy, and it's here at the Ben Clark Training Center. All right. What, what, what kind of training is involved there? The training um, within the uh, Correctional Deputy Academy, I mean, they get the training. It's a, it's a lot, mm -hmm. but it's good. Everything's good in a sense. So, I mean, the training that they get, it's like I said, currently the training that I specifically do is roughly about eight weeks, and that's the defensive tactics. That's one portion of their training. Um, they get PCA 32 trained arrest control. Um, they also get trained in report writing, uh, waist chaining, leg shackles, um, classification of inmates, just a plethora of just stuff, you know what I mean? Less lethal weapons that will be utilized uh, in the facilities if need be. Yeah. Um, so they get first aid CPR. They get, a, they get a lot of training. Yeah, we saw a class out here earlier, yeah. and I, th I think they're graduating today. So, yeah, yeah I'm sure they're pretty happy and oh, get, yeah. getting their assignments. They're, they're and, at the tail end, so, yeah. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're I, I remember those days. I yeah. remember those. <laughs> yeah. What, uh, what are the requirements for a correctional deputy? Um, correctional deputy, um, you need to be 18 years old, of okay. course. So um, you pass that physical agility test, and they take their written tests and stuff like that. They go through a background process. And, of course, you, know, you get assigned a background investigator. If you go through that background process and you're able to pass, um, usually you're given an academy date and you show up and you get that academy date and your three months of training starts. Yeah, you know? and it's no joke, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm sure. But, you know, like I said, these guys, they got through it and they, they look happy. Hopefully yeah. we can see them coming through. If not, yeah. you know, we got you. Maybe you can <laughs> get down and, and, and do some stuff. Yeah. <laughs> do some stuff for us. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So um, you, you mentioned that there's a promotional and rank structure. Yeah. Uh, is it the same as, you know, you got the uh, deputy, uh, you know, corporal, what's yeah. the whole structure there? Um, in a sense, you have, uh, you start off as Correctional Deputy 1, um, mm -hmm. and usually within a year, um, if you're able, and if you do, you can promote to Correctional Deputy 2 after being a Correctional Deputy 1 for a year. Um, then after that, you have Correctional Corporal, Correctional Sergeant, Correctional Lieutenant, Correctional Captain, Correctional wow. Chief, and it goes all the way up to a Correctional Assistant Sheriff. Oh, wow. So it's a full, you a know. full, it, full yeah. structure there. Yes, absolutely. Nice, nice. Yeah. And what sort of different assignments can you guys get? I know you're here at at the academy, what other yeah. sort of assignments can you get as a correctional You can deputy? do, I mean, from, like I said, I'm assigned to defensive tactics here at the academy. Um, you have um, a recruit training officer, that's another position here at the academy. 
You have corrections uh, background investigators. Um, you have folks that work uh, classification. Um, you have gang units. Um, you have floor operations. Um, you have transportation. Um, there's just, there's a lot. There's a yeah. lot of different things you can't do here right. within the corrections division. So for my listeners and viewers, what's, what's um, uh, you just said classification, what, yeah. what is that? So classification, that's uh, folks who, when these inmates get booked in, so they go through a little interview, pro <clears throat> they go through a little interview process uh, first. Yeah. Just so basically to um, looking at their background history, um, have they been incarcerated before, uh, what reasons, you know, what charges they were incarcerated for, um, if they if there are ever ever any kind of issues uh, while they are incarcerated, um, basically in the sense to where to house them and where to place them. Where to house them? Yeah. Right. Right. Different yeah. uh, gang sets. Yeah. Uh, different religion. Is religion ever considered? Um. Yes. So they go about and we, you know, that's one of the questions in regards to what they, what religion are they and stuff like that. If there's any special needs or requirements depending on their religion. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. I'm sure you've seen a lot, you know, in your days since yeah. 07 and different, yeah. different things. And yeah. I'm sure it's getting a little hairy in, in some situations. Yeah. You ever been in situations where you had to, you know, lock down the facilities and, and all that sort of stuff yeah, where. Yeah, yeah. Been a part of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, whether it be attempt escapes and stuff like that, wow. um, large size incidents, whether it be a riot or something like that. But for the most part, um, due to our training, you know, for the, I, could, I could honestly say all the folks that I've worked with, uh, they're prepared. They mm -hmm. recognize uh, the incident. They recognize what they need to do. And of course, to control these uh, incidents, um, we work together as a team. Absolutely. So if someone's thinking about being a correctional deputy, how, how should they prepare for the academy? I would suggest, um, just like when the new recruits show up, I always say, that, hey, we're going to get you uh, physically tough, but most importantly, we're going to get you mentally tough. Mm -hmm. I always say is it's kind of one of those hard things. It's like you can never fully prepare yourself unless you've yeah. actually gone through it. You, know, already yep, gone through you don't it. know that, until you know. Exactly. <laughs> and that's a part of it, and I recognize that. But I would say, of course, you know, your diet is a huge thing. You know, getting physically, physically fit as best you can. And, of course, while you go through this academy, um, if you're struggling to get there, I always say, we'll get you there. If you decide to stay, we'll get you there. Um, but of course, you know, mentally, um, studying, if anything, I know our department probably, we have study materials and stuff like that, prior to for these folks, you know, who are looking to apply or look, thinking about joining. Um, but yeah, I would say as best you can, get yourself mentally and physically prepared. Right, right. Is there a lot of running involved in the academy? Yeah. A lot of push-ups and the, yeah. the typical stuff you see in academies? Yes, we usually, uh, we PT at least. Um, twice a week. Mm -hmm. So you have specific days that are for physical training. Um, and that consists of at least two hours of physical training on uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays. Right. Not saying that you will probably do physical training every day you're here. Um, that's a part of it. Uh, but yeah, we do dedicate two days to physical training okay. a week in the academy. Right, right, right. So you went through the academy mm -hmm. and now you're here training at the academy yeah. as an instructor. What, what's your favorite part? My favorite part, I would say, is uh, seeing the change, seeing the change in folks oh, that yeah. come in. Uh, they show up. Um, a lot of folks uh, think they're prepared sometimes, and they may not be, because like I said, I always tell the first day whenever we get them in defensive tactics that the biggest thing is getting mentally prepared, mm -hmm. mentally getting to where you need to be. Because um, like I said, it's, <clears throat> it's one thing to be physically fit. You can, you're able to do 100 or 200 push-ups at a time, but it's another thing to be mentally, uh, mentally fit and be mentally stable and be mentally ready for what's coming. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's seeing the change. I honestly, I, I, I could honestly say like, I absolutely love what I do in regards to training. Like I said, you could see that change in folks from beginning to end. Yeah. And even when they're about to, you can kind of tell after you do this for a while, a lot of folks somewhat, they'll start to somewhat give up on themselves. 
you know, they start to recognize they're getting hit from every corner and it, it requires much of you and it requires a lot of you. But I explain to people, it's like, you know, for the most part, not for the most part, but every instructor that you see teaching you has done this. They've completed this. Mm -hmm. It's capable of being done. You just got to give 100%. Yeah, you mentioned a few times, you know, mentally, getting yourself mentally prepared, being mentally yeah. tough. How do you guys prepare them for that? Um, Basically, in a sense, well, within the defensive tactics units, we will show them specific incidents, such like I said, such as riots and stuff like that. We explain stories that we've probably gone through um, amongst me and my partners and stuff like that. Um, but how we were able, able to triumph, how we were able to get through, um, get through the fight, get through the get through these incidents, mm -hmm. um, and just like I said, that it's it's capable and it's able to be done because right. it is scary for these folks. Like I said, a lot of people may have not ever experience in a, you know, a large scale incident or where you may have 30 individuals who are refusing to listen to what you have to say. But recognizing that, hey, this needs to get done. Um, but with the, like I said, with the right training, the right mindset, it's capable of getting done. Right. And as part of that training, getting um, um, OC trained and, yes. and all that sort of stuff. OC trained is a part of it and that's always a uh, it's always the fun interesting part. day. Gas an interesting day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I specifically remember when I got um, OC sprayed uh, in, the, in my academy, and um, I didn't take well. Not at all. No. no. Not at all. Yeah. Yeah, and, and especially in the correctional environment, you use the, the high potent stuff. Yeah. You know, the big bear, yeah. <laughs> bear spray stuff, right? Yeah. Currently, we use Saber Red, so uh -huh. yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty strong, I'll say that. Uh -huh. um, but yeah, like I said, uh, that's always an interesting day. Uh, what we do, um, a lot of our recruits, they don't just get sprayed, they actually get sprayed, they go through different things. Right. Um, they'll still yeah, talk about that. Yeah. yeah, so they'll get sprayed and these are recruits who actually walk the grinder um, and they'll go through a, a little session of personal body weapons. They'll go to another session to where they're, they are handcuffing and they walk back prior to getting it actually cleaned up off of them. So it's actual, mm -hmm. it takes a while. So they get sprayed and they actually go through different uh, training cycles, so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not fun at all. Yeah. Not fun at all. I, I remember that, yeah. But is what it is. Yeah. And, and part of that is to know that if you get sprayed, yeah. that it's not the end of the world. It's not. It's and not. You, you can handle it and you yeah. got to do what you got to do. It's one of those things that where it's not designed to, you know, totally just knock you out. It's designed to where, yes, it, it's going to be painful mm -hmm. in a sense. It's, it will be absolutely painful, but you are able to get through it. You are able to get through it. Now, do you find that could be a double-edged sword where we know that it won't incapacitate us and we can still do what we got to do, but does the other side know that as well? Um, and they could, um, like I said, you know, depending on the, you know, um, whether it be the inmates have gotten sprayed or not before in the past and stuff like that, in which most people, depending on how long you've been incarcerated, that mm -hmm. this may not be your first, you know, right. first time. So it has happened before where you have had folks who, you know, get sprayed and they may not, um, they may not feel it like someone else could. Yeah. You know, it can totally somewhat incapacitate someone to where they're on the ground and they actually absolutely give up. But it could be one of those things where also an individual gets sprayed and they're ha looking back at you having a casual conversation. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's when you have to yeah. resort to something else. Yeah, and, and that's, that's part of the training, too, yeah. to let you know that, you know, don't rely just on, on exactly. every one tool, just on one tool. Yeah. Uh, pepper spray may not work, tasers yeah. may not work, and then you got you to gotta go to something else. Yeah. So that's, that's part of that. Yeah. What's, uh, what's kind of the least favorite part? of uh, being here at the Academy? I wouldn't even, I, this may sound a little corny in a sense, but I don't know. For me specifically, there's, there's no, you know, least favorite part. Um, I can remember back sitting, like I said, when I was in the Academy myself, um, the one thing I wanted to do was instruct in the Academy. Mm. And it took about 12 or 13 years, but 
I got here and it's to me it literally it's a blessing every day to be here yeah and I recognize that the older I get you know you recognize it even more yeah yeah I've got a few buddies that have been able to be instructors at the academy yeah. they, they say that's you know that's the life you know yeah you get to work out yeah you get to run <laughs> and you get to yell at recruits and you get paid for it. <laughs> Hey, yeah. what, what better way to spend your day, right? Yeah. Okay. There's well, a lot. There's a lot more that goes yeah, into it. Yeah, there is a lot. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're instructing, you know, yeah. of course. You know, you've got coursework. You got to instruct. Yeah. But, you know, that that that's all part of it. Yeah. So maybe not you as an instructor. What was yeah. your least favorite part? But maybe thinking back as as an academy recruit, what was your least favorite part of that? Probably my least remember? favorite part was honestly um, could have just been the long days and a lot of the. Um, you know, of course, waking up really early. I would mm -hmm. say I'm not always a morning person. Uh, so so for me, that was the first time where it was like, hey, I had to get up at 3 o'clock or 3.30 every, at, oh. at least by 3.30 every morning to be prepared for the day. Right. So I was, I'll just say I wasn't, I wasn't used to that. Yeah. yeah, but of course with time, after you do that for you know, years upon years, whether you're working days or nights, um, you get used to it. And it's a part of life. Yeah. Yeah, so I, rec yeah. I recognize that now, but I would say when I started, when I was 19, I want to say, um, yeah, I would say getting up at three o'clock was a little rough for me Which every is, morning. Trust, it's, it's yeah. tough when, you, when yeah. you're older to get yeah. up at three. Yeah. Yeah, getting up early this morning to come out here, I was like, yeah. man, this, is, this yeah. is early. But, yeah, it's all good. It's yeah. all good. So, you know, going back to, you know, the qualifications of the job and background checks and all that sort of stuff, um, what should someone do, say, like if, you know, they've had, you know, a troubled past? or they, they know gang members, mm -hmm. do you think this is, you're kind of uh, automatically disqualified for? No, I, I wouldn't say you're automatically disqualified. I know that I don't work necessarily in personnel and do backgrounds and stuff like that. But um, that doesn't, I don't think that's an automatic uh, disqualification. Uh, but I would say, you know, if you are around that, or even if you are associating with that at the time, if you recognize, hey, this is something I want to do, I would totally say, and absolutely say, you know, you need to disassociate uh, with that kind of lifestyle. Um, I would highly suggest that. And it's yeah. one thing to be living your life at, at the specific moment, but if you think, start thinking of your future, 5, 10, 15, 20 to 30 years from now, you know, and especially within uh, law enforcement, I would highly suggest someone, that individual disassociate from that kind yep. of lifestyle. You, you gotta extricate yourself from that yeah. situation. Absolutely. Yep, because you know, some people, like families. Yeah. Some people have families that, you know, just brought up in that life and yeah. you know, when you when you're under eighteen, you know, it is what it is, that's your family. Yeah. But once you get that chance and, and yeah. you recognize it's not what you want to do, then yeah. you gotta disassociate yourself, unfortunately. Because yeah. that's you know, if it's family, it is what it is. Yeah. You gotta do what you gotta do for yourself. Yeah. And, yep, absolutely. So thinking about, you know, five, ten, fifteen years down the road, where, where do you see yourself in five years? Um I would like to of course continue to promote. Um, I would like to at least be a sergeant or, you know, at least get to the rank of lieutenant. And I recognize that's, you know, that's work that I have to do. Um, you know, none of that just is handed to you. So just like when I promoted to corporate, promoted to corporate in 2014, there's, you know, different stuff that you have to go through and, you know, um, whether it be the testing cycle, um, the experiences that you learn, different assignments and stuff like that. Not saying it's an absolute requirement, but I recognize that, um, you know, with time on, like I said, working different assignments, doing different specific, you know, different jobs within correctional facilities, um, different assignments such as this, the defensive tactics unit, it does help. Um, but yeah, I would like to see myself at least at the rank of correctional sergeant. Yeah. Yeah, I would say. Does, does education p play a part in that? Um, it could, and it could help you uh, by all means. I personally do not have a bachelor's degree or associates or nothing like that. Uh, but I always tell someone, if you're able, able and capable, by all means, absolutely. Um, if you 
finances work, if it works out for your family, you have the time to do it, or if you just have to make time to do it, by all means, I would highly suggest that individual do it, if they can. Well, is it part of the promotional process where if you have this degree, if you have you know, a master's, does it give you any, any leg up, any extra points in, mm -hmm. the, in the promotional no, process? To my knowledge, it, it can give yeah. you points in yeah. the process. Um, so, you know, a lot of folks will strive. They, people recognize that, you know, usually after being here a couple years, five or ten years, they recognize, hey, you know what, hey, I want to promote. And, you know, what, what could be one of these things to help me? You know, it could be furthering your education. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, that's recognized in our department, you know, and, and by all means, if it helps, I would highly suggest yeah, to do yeah. it. Yeah. And not just, not just formal education as far as a bachelor's or a master's, but you know, continuing education mm -hmm. as well. Um, do you guys do different trainings? that you guys hold advanced officer uh, or deputy in, in this in this yeah. case, um, trainings where you, you can attend and yes. learn different stuff and so new there's, stuff? Yeah, there's different trainings we host here too also uh, for our in-service personnel, personnel that are already signed at the facilities and stuff like that, the correctional facilities, such as AJT, we have less lethal options, um, leadership enhancement, we have different courses here that we do host to further your career. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that, love mm -hmm. that. And you being African-American, you know, this, this show being black and blue. What is your responsibility, you think, to the African-American community being in uniform, just, uh, just to show that, you know, you're, you're part of the solution that we were kind of talking about earlier? What, what do you think is kind of your responsibility there? I would think my responsibility is, I mean, it's to do what I do day in and day out, and to do it as best as I could, best I can, um, to do my work like everybody else, um, and that I would, tell an individual that there's nothing stopping you because of the color of your skin at all. Mm -hmm. um, there's this, you know, it may sound corny when I say this, but the sky's the limit. If you want to do something, if it's specifically within law enforcement, let's say you want to join the Riverside County, uh, County Sheriff's Department, the Corrections Division, then by all means, there, there's nothing stopping you. There's nothing stopping you. If that's your goal, you strive for that goal 100%. Amen, mm -hmm. amen. So, so what do you like doing when you're not working now? Um, usually I would say, um, I do, I do like to work out. I like to do that. I didn't guess that about you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I do like to work out. So, Flex uh, with the camera. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like to work out and stuff like that. Um, <clears throat> me and my wife are both physical, so we'll go to the gym together and stuff like that. Um, I, like to, I like to go camping. I just recently went to uh, Kern River. I was there for a week this past week. So okay. um, I, we do have a trailer and stuff like that. Spend time with my kids. Mm -hmm. uh, How many you got? Uh, three kids. Three nice. kids. I have an uh, eight-year-old son. I have a seven-year-old son and a, um, a boy that just turned one. So three boys. Wow. Three boys, so yeah. Handful too, I bet. Yeah, those boys are, <laughs> summer vacation, those boys are wild. Yeah. They're yeah. wild. Good, but wild. Yeah. They're yeah, having I, a blast. I remember. Yeah, yeah so, and um, studying the Bible. Um, we, me and one of my partners, we do a Bible study and stuff like that. So okay. we constantly, at least once a week, um, you know, I read to my kids a chapter a day. Mm -hmm. So that's very important to me. Is that part of maybe something that you want to do as well as be a pastor or, um, or something here? It's kind of funny you say that. Folks have said that before in the past. Um, just, you know, hey, I think you should do this, Alvin. You know, you would be good at something like this. And, mm -hmm. you know, if I'm led there, if God leads me that way, you never know. Yeah, I'll yeah. say that. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And we, we can certainly use that here in our, in our profession. Yeah. So your department, I'm sure, has chaplains and, yes. and people, especially being in a correctional environment. Do you, yeah. do you kind of mentor people on the inside and kind of lead them I mean, in you the right never, direction. And I will say when you work the corrections division, you see these, you know, the folks that are incarcerated and stuff like that. A lot of times, depending on the facility of where you work, 
um, you'll see them day in and day out. Mm -hmm. um, so you may have somewhat, you know, not necessarily a personal conversation with them, but you do get to speak to them. You know, so whether it be you moving inmates or, you know, because you're moving them to recreation, you're moving them to visiting, you know, whether it be they need to go to medical and stuff like that. Um, of course, you try to keep away from a personal conversation. You don't want to divulge personal information about yourself by Absolutely. any means. You want to keep, you want to keep everything um, that we do and what we say is professional. Yeah. So. So they have actually, well, for our audience, just to know that I don't know if it's like that in different states, um, for reference, here in California, um, people that are housed in sheriffs in, in jails um, either have not been uh, sentenced or they have been sentenced for something under a year, right? For a crime under a year, is that correct? Um, yes, um, there have been some laws that have changed and stuff like that in a sense to where you'll have folks that stay here longer mm -hmm. um, and they can't be sentenced to county time. Um, so it used to be where folks didn't do, you know, if you were incarcerated, you did up to a year and then you would go to state prison after that. Mm -hmm. uh, but depending, you have, do have folks that are county, uh, sentenced uh, in county, so they can do longer sentences here within our correctional facilities here within the county. Yeah, we, we won't get into those propositions yeah. and those assembly bills yeah. and all those sort of things. <laughs> we, we, we know what, what uh, those, those bills that sent down yeah. the, those crimes, yeah. and now you guys on the county level and on the local levels are responsible for these people yeah. now too. But uh, what I was getting at is, are there people, you know, civilians in your facilities that kind of hold classes and mentorships and all that sort of stuff for you these will, inmates? Yeah, you will have that. So you'll have for um, AA, um, NA, so for alcohol, drugs, um, we do have chaplains in our facilities. Um, so they will host like a, you know, a Bible study with inside of the facilities and stuff like that. Um, but you do have civilians that come in and we offer those. We offer stuff like that to them. So if inmates, you know, they, they recognize that, hey, they have a specific uh, a problem with alcohol or a problem with drugs, that they're able to recognize that. They do get offered that um, mm -hmm. if they do. So you have folks that come in, like I said, civilians, and will instruct class them and stuff like that, um, teach them, try to get them better, give them the tools they need. Right. Um, like I said, you do have chaplains there like that. Um, um, that offer them, you know, services, whether it be, you know, a church service or something like that. If they, if they want it, uh, the inmates can also request it, and um, that gets notated and stuff like that. So, yeah, they, we offer that to them. Yeah, okay. Yeah, because that was kind of getting to where I was asking you, would that be something that you could do on the inside, but it, you guys leave that more to, yes. you know, third parties and yes. stuff like that. Yes. Yeah, I mm -hmm. got it, I got it. All right, cool. I appreciate you coming out here and you know spending a little bit of your day with me, yeah. uh, Corporal. I appreciate it, but hey, you're not done, man. I got okay. I got some questions I want to okay. fire at you, okay. and uh, hopefully you can you can fire them right back at me, yeah. some answers right back at me, and we'll get a little <laughs> bit of insight at you. Uh, this is called my Black Lightning Round, so okay. um, just be real quick at it. All I right. Will. So I your will. first one here is uh, text or call. Um, text. Uh, you're one of those. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> uh, would you rather be tased or pepper sprayed? Tased. Tased, okay. Uh, yeah, we kind of talked about that. Yeah. Great. All right. So uh, your department is going to enroll you as an international officer exchange program for one year in the country of your choice. Where are you going? Mm. Shoot. Um, bucket list, bucket list. Where you want to go? I don't even. I'll say Canada to keep it close. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, you're probably a big sports fan, so what's, what, what'll happen first? Either the Chargers win the Super Bowl or the Clippers win the NBA title? Uh, Chargers. Chargers? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably. probably. Yeah. <laughs> uh, pumpkin pie or sweet potato pie? Sweet potato pie. Sweet potato pie, yeah. for real. Um, favorite music artist? Oh, man. Who, who, who's on your playlist? 
It's I, I have a mixture of everybody. Okay. It's kind of where I, I grew up with soft rock. Um, I grew up with oldies. Uh, I listen to classic rock. It's it's all kinds of. All right. Yeah, that, that's you. that's a tough one because I, I don't have a specific. Uh, no, nobody artist. knew though, huh? You, you're into the older no, stuff, old it, soul. It's, it's all older right. stuff. No, I'd I feel say. you. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm with you on that. Yeah. I'm with you. <laughs> uh, if you can meet anybody in history, dead or alive, who do, who would it be? Um, Jesus Christ. There you go. Mm-hmm. Can't can't top that one. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you're a fit guy, but what's the best toast, tasting donut? Mm, regular glazed. Regular glazed, yeah. okay. All right. Keep it simple, right? Yeah. All right. If you could fix any problem in the world with the wave of your hand, what would it be? You're, you're the czar. Uh, I'd say folks rec- uh, respecting everybody. Respect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lost a lot of that. Lost yeah. a lot of that recently, so. Yeah. Um, back to old school artists, uh, Michael Jackson or Prince? Uh, Jackson. Michael Jackson, okay. Uh, favorite movie of all time? Gladiator. Gladiator, okay, yeah. all right. Um, would you rather work day shift or night shift? Um, that, that's a tough one, because I've, I've done both. I've done, I've done, there was a point in time where I did nights for three years, mm-hmm. and then I've done days for years on end. Um, I'd say whatever works best for the family at the time. At the time, okay. Yeah. And uh, there's a story of your life, a movie that's coming out. What actors gets to play Alvin Johnson? Denzel Washington. Denzel. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we, we all want Denzel. I yeah. want Denzel, too. I yeah. want Denzel, too. Okay, yeah. yeah. All right. Cool, cool. Yeah, man. Yeah. I heard Wesley back there. Yeah. <laughs> Denzel works. Yeah, we all want. Yeah. See, this is going to be an Oscar-winning performance, yeah. so. Exactly. Yeah. All right, Corporal Man, I appreciate you coming out and, uh, you you know, sharing a little bit of your time, sharing a little bit of uh, who you are with with me and my audience. And, uh, hey, come out here and, and, uh, you know, we didn't get to see any of your recruits, but, yeah, yeah, train them up well and and, uh, be safe out there. I appreciate you. I will do. Thank you very much. You got it. Take care. Take care. Appreciate you. Mm -hmm. All right, that's what's up. Man, I had a real good time with my man, Correctional Corporal Alvin Johnson. Thank you for coming on to the show, and uh, I really appreciate you. Also want to thank everybody over here at the Riverside County Sheriff's uh, Academy for giving me access to these facilities and your personnel. And really, I want to thank you for allowing a show, a little show like mine, the Black and Blue Podcast, uh, access to your facilities as well. I really wish other agencies would embrace that sort of transparency and that sort of uh, support. You guys out there enjoyed this conversation as well, please. Click that like button right here on my YouTube channel or rate it five stars on whatever podcast platform you listen to me on right now. I'll be back in two short weeks with another scorching hot interview just like this one. But till then, come on, y'all. Y'all know this phrase. Stay black and blue. I'll holler at you guys. Peace. This has been a Nature D Entertainment presentation.